Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information. Green Mountain Chronicles number 6. The KKK in Vermont. Oh, the clan, oh, the clan. It calls on every red-blood-fighting man. If you are free and white and bigot... And you just had to swear to, I think it was ten things. One was that you were non-Catholic, that you were an American, um, and you had to pay ten dollars. Seems that was the main focus, was getting the ten dollars. 1924, and the Ku Klux Klan, experiencing a nationwide revival, begins a membership drive in Vermont. It soon gains a foothold in several Vermont communities, as Maudine Neal of Montpelier discovered after finding an old photograph of a 1927 Montpelier Klan gathering. They would bring people into their meetings, and uh, for $10 they could become a member, and they would have gatherings, speeches, um, good times, they said, uh, parades. The Klan itself uh, had a purpose of promoting white, non-Catholic people. They were against the Negroes in the South. They were against Catholics and foreigners here in New England. They burned a lot of crosses. The people who were in it said that it was fun to have a burning cross and everybody gather under it and sing. Sometimes they were burned to scare people, just for sensationalism, I suppose. There was an account here in Montpelier of seven crosses being burned at the same time. One was at the Catholic Church, and that one apparently damaged uh, some of the church. So there was a lot of uh, anti-Klan ideas the next day about that. Resistance to the Klan's presence in Vermont took a number of forms. In Montpelier, an anti-Klan group, the Knights of the Flaming Circle, was organized. The town of Rutland outlawed parades or meetings in the streets by hooded or masked individuals or organizations. A Burlington ordinance prohibited the wearing of masks in public. At least one Vermont town was divided by the Klan, as former Governor Dean Davis recalls. It happened right over in West Topsom, Vermont. There were four brothers. Two of them were Ku Klux Klaners and two of them were not. And you were either loyal to Joe and Jim or you were loyal to Harry and Fred. <laughs> That's not their correct names. And it just tore that little town apart. It tore the church apart. It tore the town government apart, and the social life, whatever there was of it, it tore that apart, too. The press also generally opposed the Klan. They would write articles about how we didn't need the Klan, and they usually uh, would ridicule the Klan. They said that we didn't need people in Vermont who were against any segment of the population. Uh, we didn't need uh, as they said, bedsheet people, uh, secret societies. Still, national Klan officials claimed 10,000 members in Vermont in the early 1920s. Others put the number closer to 2,000 for the entire period of 1915 to 44. In any case, the Vermont Klan peaked in the 20s, and by 1927, membership was in decline. The main thing that hurt them was the money. The leaders were collecting a lot of money. 
apparently the leaders were using it for their own use. It was supposed to be to run the group or to go to headquarters to keep up at headquarters. The Klan was also hurt by the conviction of several members for a break-in at St. Michael's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Burlington. Some Klansmen went into the cathedral at night and stole some things. Um, One man was telling another man that there was ammunition stored there, there was guns and that kind of thing, and they were drinking at the time. But most of it was uh, when the people here could see that it was telling them to uh, be prejudiced against people that they had always befriended. In Vermont, the last significant activity by the Ku Klux Klan was the rainy July 4, 1927 rally, frozen in time in the photograph found by Maudine Neal. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin, and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org slash donate.